friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I am doing great. Unfortunately, sometimes you have when something's important, you've got to cover it, whether it's a fun thing or not. I think we've got some important things to talk about here. This is not the so. first time. This is not the first time that I could say all this week we'll be talking about self-driving cars. This is the first time I've said it, and I'm not exactly looking forward to it. Right. So that's the right. That's the big difference. We've got some serious issues to talk about. We're going to talk about self-driving cars all this week, and we're starting out with the provocative title for this evening's show: "Time to Abandon Self-Driving Cars." Could we really be at that point? Well, it's a subject that's being much discussed today, obviously because of the tragic events that occurred in Arizona a little over a week ago. And Stephen, maybe just a quick recap of what happened there. Okay. Um, Uber is testing in Arizona uh, a self-driving system that they have. And they, uh, they had an Uber employee uh, behind the, uh, uh, the wheel of this car. And uh, she is, uh, appears to be looking at a cell phone or an iPad or something like that at the immediately prior to this this accident and they're on a on a straight highway not a whole lot of traffic around at um, night it was dark at night at night and we get video both of the interior of the car so we can see what the driver the quote driver actually you know the vehicle's driving itself so yes the, uh, but the she, person she's, she's behind the steering wheel yep yeah she's she's in the driver's seat we also see exterior what's going on a person dressed in uh, a person by the name of Elaine Hertzberg is her name. Uh, she's dressed in dark clothing, uh, is pushing a bicycle, and enters the the headlights of the vehicle. Ju- she basically enters the uh, lane right in the headlights of the vehicle, right, and is and is struck and killed by the 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 car. I, without you know getting too morbid about it, I watched this repeatedly because I was. I was interested in several aspects of this. You know, uh, what was going on with the driver? It appeared that she realized just the the person in the driver's seat of this vehicle appeared appeared to to see just right before impact what was about to happen. But it also appeared to me that this person stepped in front of the car so close that I'm not sure that a human would have been able to avoid it hitting her. Well, this is what you call, and, I mean, if you watch the video, this is what you call walking right in front of a car. I mean, I, I, right. I, I don't know another way of putting it. She walked right in front of a moving car, a car going 40 miles an hour. And she must have been crossing the street with absolutely no awareness whatsoever, for whatever reason, of the oncoming vehicle, unable to see the headlights with, or something. That had its headlights on. It looks like the ostensible driver, the person sitting in the driver's seat, is arguably negligent because she was not poised to do anything, but it's not really contributory, not to get all legal or technical, that's your department, because I'm not sure she could have done anything anyway. It happens so fast that had had it not been an autonomous system, had you had an attentive driver behind the wheel, I think you'd have the exact same outcome. At at least it looks that way to me. I'm a a layman, clearly, just watching the video, but that's kind of the impression you you walk away from. Looking at that video. Well, I, I'm I'm not a uh, accident reconstruction expert, uh, but uh, I'm less of a layman, personal injury attorney, and I would just I would just say that, in my opinion, it would it would it'd be a real tough one. Uh, I'm 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 talking a person with fantastic reflexes, with uh, their attention 100% on the road, 
hand on the steering wheel, foot hovering above the brake practically. Yeah. And it's still, well, it's still I, would have But been I don't think you could brake in been. time. I don't think you could brake no, in time I, I, within I don't, that situation. I don't, know that they, I, don't, I don't know that the best human on their best day could have, yeah. uh, could have avoided that. I just yeah. don't know. But there's a lot of uh, issues being raised. You know, uh, the, the uh, Uber trains its people to have, you know, basically have their hand hovering above the steering wheel at all times. Practically speaking, can a person do that for hours on end? Uh, probably not. But uh, that's, that's what their training uh, is, is supposed to require of them. And, yeah, uh, if nothing else, that sounds like a very uncomfortable position to sit in. And yeah. That would be frustrating. I mean, you're not actually driving. You're just poised in this pre-driving position for hours at a time. I imagine it would be pretty yeah. frustrating, especially well, after it, a few it, hours. This is of, something I've, I've mentioned uh, before on this show, Phil, is that these self-driving cars need to be good enough that they don't require intervention because once you know, once they're out there and we rely on them, we're not going to be in the position to intervene. If you're actively driving and a, an emergency arises, sometimes your your reflexes aren't enough. Right. But if you're in, if you're passively driving and sort of halfway watching what's going on, which is what people will tend to do. Right. Then you, you will not be able to intervene in time in, in, in a sudden situation, not like that. Basically, these vehicles need to be able to tell you, okay, uh, we're entering a construction zone, and this is kind of beyond my programming. You probably need to take over now. And, right. oh, okay, I'll, ta- I'll take over. But in a sudden emergency is not the time that a person needs to, that you need to be relying on the person to take over. Not, it just, uh, human reflexes for a, someone in a pa- passive position, it's, just, it's, it's too much to ask of the human. Yeah, a partially situation. autonomous system is probably worse. It's yes. the worst thing, right? It's worse yeah, than a human right, driving, right. and it's worse than an autonomous system because it relies on boring a human to death and then having them suddenly need to respond to something. You lull them into a sense of complacency, and then they need to act faster than humans can act, which is is not great. So so that says something, actually, doesn't it? I mean, one of the questions yeah. that you had raised was, you know, what are the lessons to learn from the tragedy? And I would say right. one lesson here is that a hybrid human autonomous system going forward is not a long-term solution. That No, you got got to have one or better to not have any sort of system like this at all than to have one that we've got you've got to actively intervene in an emergency being an active driver and being able to avoid an emer- in an emergency situation is hard enough at any rate that's as you say it's worst of all worlds i'd say another lesson to learn is that not all self-driving systems are are equal yet this might not be an apples to apples comparison google may be driving in places that are safer like, you know, open interstates and things. But apparently they've got systems now that don't need intervention but once every 5,600 miles. Right. Or at least they, they can show data that says that, which is pretty impressive. Right. Even if- but an Uber apparently is struggling to meet a target of 13 miles per intervention. That's pretty tough. It, it's going to require you to intervene a couple of times on your commute, Bill, if you, once or twice. And so that's not good. And that's a anyway, huge that's- difference. It, it's a huge difference. Now, one one reason those might be different, I mean so significantly different, is that at least initially Uber was actually actually testing the entire process, picking up and dropping off customers. So right. if, you're, if you're in a Google car and you're just getting from point A to point B, that is a whole 
set of complexity that you're not dealing with, right? When, when, when you deal with picking up and dropping off customers, there was probably a lot more, oh, I better step in, oh, I better do something. Oh. They eventually dropped having that be part of the testing, which was probably a mistake, in favor of just the driving so they could gather more data points. It's like, yeah, you're getting more data points, but not for what these cars are going to be doing, right? So right. It's, it's like, yeah, more, more data. And, and probably if my suspicion there is correct, they probably later were logging greater distances without having to intervene. But they weren't doing the thing that, <laughs> that Uber actually has to do, which is stop and pick people up and drop people off and, and, and all that kind of thing. So yeah, there, there's a real need for some benchmarks that have been set by parties other than companies who it's in their best interest to put forth really great numbers on this. And I say this as an old database guy who used to do database benchmarks, right? I mean, everyone in software business knows that an independent benchmark is meaningful. An in-company benchmark is, you, you basically say, well, okay, I'm, that's, I'm very happy for them that they've achieved those numbers, but you don't trust those, right? You, the ones you trust are the ones that are kind of independently audited or set, set by someone else. So I think that... Yeah, but I mean, even these, even these interior numbers are not great. No, no, they are not. Right. Yeah, no. And so, uh, so if... If, if Uber was massaging it to get to 13 miles per, per intervention, that's pretty bad. These systems, they're supposed to be able to see way better than we are in these situations. You know, you got LiDAR out there, and it should be seeing this, this, this uh, pedestrian much better than, uh, than you and I, just depending on headlights, could see them. And, and yet it did not. I have to think that perhaps this Uber self-driving system just wasn't as good as it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily the state of the art compared to the other systems that are being developed in other, in other companies. So, and maybe, so maybe that's, maybe that's one thing I, you know, this is sort of a, a side point, but I, I, I just, I wondered when, as I was reading about this, you know, what are they even doing in this? The secret of Uber's success has been not, not to have to own the fleet. People are volunteering their cars, and uh, you, you build this huge fleet of cars that you never even have to purchase, right? Right. And, and yet here they are out there trying to build cars, I, I guess, to, so that they don't have a person that they have to pay, right? They're getting outside of their core business, and, and when you step outside your core business, you, you tend to make mistakes anyway because it's not what you know. That may be part of what was going on here. The Uber is really good at connecting drivers with passengers, but when it gets to this kind of stuff, maybe they're not as good. So, I think I, I think know. that that's that, that's probably a good point. Uber has got a reputation for being a very driven, very damn the torpedoes full steam ahead kind of a kind of a company. And I think that with the automobile business moving in an, in an autonomous vehicle direction. They just don't want to get left out, right? They want to be part of it. And maybe the right. ultimate business model is something they haven't even figured out, or maybe they have just figured it out that we don't want to have to pay anybody, and it's cheaper to, it's cheaper to lease these vehicles possibly, or maybe even own them. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how they've, how they've worked it out that that could be cheaper. But, but whatever the math is, they are definitely trying to take that next step to, to push it ahead. And ultimately, it's like, well, you can say it's not, it's not – Uber's core business, but it wasn't Google's either when they started getting into it, right? I mean, Google True. has kind of kind of been all over the place, and they're doing well with it, right? So it's like that—that's a good excuse, right? 
it's like, okay, well, you can go into something weird like this. Just don't kill people, right? I, I think that's a fair response to, to the Google answer. So you can go back and forth on, on those kinds of things. And I think there is at least a prima facie case that maybe Uber's system isn't as good as some of the others. That, that yeah, could be a problem in the data. There's some reason to believe. Of course, we, we don't, we're not privy to all the data. Uh, I think you probably have to be an executive in Uber, at Uber, to. And there are those that would argue in favor of self-driving cars that a very insensitive argument would go something like, well, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. I, I, put, I put it this way. We often say that, well, you know, when you're pushing the frontier, you know, pioneers are always in danger, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. Pioneers, astronauts, people that push the frontier, those people sign up for that risk. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, did did uh, did this uh, pedestrian sign up for it? No, she did not. So you better be double sure that what you're putting out there in the world is at least as good as a human driver, if not better, and significantly so. Right. So, uh, the, the fact yeah. that had had uh, Elaine Hertzberg stepped out in front of a human driver, she it might have been the same consequences, doesn't change the fact that she never asked to be part of any self-driving car experiment. And I think that does, that does make a big, big difference. Now, there's this blogger, Alex Roy. He's all over the self-driving car business, writes a lot of great stuff over at The Drive. And he has done a piece, Disgraceful Dash Cam Video Proves Uber is the Theranos of Self-Driving Cars. And he gives an eight-point list just damning, and uh, we'll provide the link, and you can read through the list, but it starts with Uber is guilty of killing Elaine Hertzberg and just works down through it. Their hardware and their software failed. Many people need to be fired. The Arizona officials who greenlit the test need to resign. Just a, just a real kind of condemning the whole thing. And I think he, he may be right. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's wrong because he's looked at it more closely than I've had a chance to. He may be right about all of, all of these points. I wonder about question eight, where Volvo comes off completely scot-free. It's like, well, and, until we've looked at everything, I'm not sure that's true either. You know, there, there, there could be a reason why this system wasn't working particularly well on that Volvo car. There's a lot that, that, that has to be looked at. But I think one thing that you have to do here is not just make it about Uber, right? Even, even if Uber did make all the mistakes and they're ultimately at fault, it does, in the public mind anyhow, bring the whole enterprise into question. And I think the whole enterprise then has to be addressed. It all has to be, it all has to be looked at because the, it, it'd be kind of an easy answer to say, well, it was Uber, shut them down, and we'll be okay, right? It's like, okay, but let's make sure that if we shut them down, we will be okay. Concern there. And there's a lot that we don't know yet about the unintended consequences of self-driving vehicles. It is an area where we, where we have to go with a certain amount of caution. There's this, this other quote from Alex Roy, which is probably a little over the top, but it speaks right to something you and I have said numerous times, right? Because we don't say you got to break eggs to, to make omelets. But, but what we have said is if we go to an all-self-driving car world and it kills 10,000 Americans a year, that that's good, right? That's better because you've saved 20,000. We kill 30,000 30, people a year in the United States. Much right. So we've said, hey, if you kill only 10,000, you're better. Uh, you've entered a world where people are much safer. Yeah, and, it's, it's uh, better for fewer people to die than for more people to die. I think we were good people to make such an argument. But check out Alex's response here. He, he's not responding directly to us, obviously, but this is what he says. All those people cool with justifying additional deaths trying to get there seem to have forgotten history. 
there's a reason it's illegal to perform medical experiments without patient consent. Heard of the Nuremberg Code? It was a response to German and Japanese testing on POWs during World War II. So his point is that even if you get to that better world, right, the, you can't justify the deaths along the way, right? That, 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 that's unfair. To your point, right, these people didn't ask to be part of this experiment. And I think that's something we're going to have to come back to. There, there are a lot of serious issues here that have to be looked at and considered as we, as we explore this this week. But actually, on the Wednesday show, we're going to take a look at another set of problems around self-driving cars before we even get to maybe addressing some of these uh, concerns. But I, I didn't mean to jump to the end, Stephen, if you had more things you wanted to say on this subject. No, we got lots more to talk about on Wednesday and Friday. So stick with we, us, folks. We do indeed. We will be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. We're going to talk about some more problems with self-driving cars. And then on Friday, we're going to come back with maybe some answers to some of those problems. been great talking with you, Stephen. been great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it. 